Nick. Yeah. Jared. Oh, yeah. Ray. Hello. It's like a Mickey Mouse Club, but better. Yeah. Can pro wrestling be mainstream again? Does mainstream even exist? Russo, what? Bischoff, Vince, Tony, Bots on the other side. Welcome to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. Here at Go Home Heat, our contributors focus on the stories and character arcs of the live action drama art form. An art form dating back to Zeus, featuring Lincoln and a bear and peeking with Robocop and Sting. In the words of Xavier Woods, the last form of theater in the round. And now, go home heat. All right, guys, we're going to give you a brief history of wrestling and how it once achieved mainstream status. And then my man Jared, Ray, Nick will lead us through a conversation in which we talk about wrestling in a mainstream format and then address whether or not things even can be or need to be mainstream again. First of all, wrestling hit the mainstream, I believe, when one Vincent Kennedy man, McMahon told one Terry the Hulk Boulder, no, sir, you will never be in that movie. Rocky Three, that is silly. I will never hire you again. And then post that, he said, Thunderlips, we're putting a strap on you, buddy. You're going to the moon. And then Hogan... And Vince wound up making wrestling mainstream to the point of having WrestleManias in which you had the Liberacci's, the Andy Kaufman's. Andy Kaufman was not quite WWE. That was, but yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Kaufman yeah. was wise enough and into things enough to go pick someone in the South to go start that thing with and go down there and get with uh, Jerry Lawler and create, because Lawler would have never been the crossover that he was. Well, he would have eventually made it to Vince probably just out of the fame he had in that area. But he would never have been on a David Letterman without Andy Kaufman. But Andy Kaufman saw a group of people he could make furious, and he said, you know what? That'll be fun. And he was right. <laughs> and it was. To this day, we talk about it. King talked about it last week on a couple of different scenarios. Um, but going back to crossover, we have Mr. T, we have Cindy Lauper, we wound up with rock and wrestling cartoons, we wound up with Hogan on the cover of Sports Illustrated. That turns into several really bad movies that Hogan wound up making. Oh man, there was the thing where he was the nanny, there was Thunder in Paradise, which actually winds up being instrumental in that one Ted Turner and Vince, at one point Vince McMahon, wrestling was doing well in a regional cable promotion, the cable goes nationwide. Georgia Championship Wrestling does well on that show. Vince signs up, puts WWE on his network, but then he signs another contract with USA. I believe that turns into him wanting to double dip. Turner wants out of the contract. Vince and him have a scruff with one another, and that turns into Monday Night Wars eventually as an Eric Bischoff is hired. Boom, they go back and forth. Eventually, wrestling reaches its zenith as far as mainstream goes when you have 8 million people watching it on Monday nights. I think it is interesting in that for the furtherment of this conversation, just to put it in the back of your mind, when Shawn Michaels was the best wrestler in WWE, they were losing the Monday Night Wars significantly. When he retired and Stone Cold started getting into it with the catch-as-catch-can wrestler named Vince McMahon, they ascended. <laughs> Popularity has never correlated with fantastic pro wrestling. It, that's a weird offshoot of all of this. I agree. It, yeah, that, that's something just over the years where it's like during the Attitude Era, there was a lot of stuff that was distinctly not very pro wrestling. 
the the work rate of the uh, uh, ruthless aggression era was so much better. I mean, yeah, yeah but you had the Eddie Guerreros and the Kurt Angles and all that were the keys to that. You know, what there was a decline in viewers. But there is there right. is something to appreciate. But okay, and there are a lot of people who are like, oh, I wish the Attitude Era was back. And then there is also like a, a counter argument that it's like, oh, the Attitude Era wasn't actually that good. I think there is a lot in the Attitude Era to appreciate, specifically its maximalism. Um, unparalleled. It was just doing everything. They always were just big, explosive stuff every week, and I think that's what captivated people. Also, part yeah. of that because like Vince Russo was writing it at the time, like would write the show while watching like the Jerry Springer show, where he, everything was always dialed up to hundred all the time. So it was like just put that on wrestling. And if you and listen, did. if you listen to Vince, he's dialed up that way every all the time too. Russo just, he kind of, bro, 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 bro. You know what I mean? He's like coffee all the time. WWE was able to create a form of tribalism inside of the product. Contrary to what we have now, which is tribalism between the fact, between the two companies. AEW is attempting to create that a little bit with the faction warfare that they do, that they utilize. I think uh, New Japan does that really well creating this tribalism feel because the factions are successful in their in inside of their program. Now, let's switch gears a little bit. To be mainstream now, you are dealing with as Triple H said, I don't think AEW is our competition. I think all avenues of entertainment are our competition. Sport is our competition. Music is our competition. Netflix, all streaming television, movies, video games. What are the things that make those avenues more more popular, you think, than what wrestling does? Nick, you want to expound on that? Well, uh, if you want to have a little bit of knowledge uh, on variety, I'm looking it up. The highest grossing television shows of the time, Squid Game, Yellowstone, and NCIS. That Those are the things that constantly dominated the TV and streaming of 2021 of that year. Well, well, I so think- if you're looking at like comparing like how can like wrestling reach those highs again? Eh, again, this is good. like you're competing with all these different avenues of things, and the benefit that like those shows have that wrestling doesn't is wrestling is based on kayfabe, which is the whole idea of you know you got to go with it being a a television show rather than being like a very much blunt like it's a sports thing and because it's kind of because of the rise of ufc i would argue their argument of like well if i'm gonna watch a fight i'm gonna watch one with some ridiculousness like i got some big dude beat up somebody else on a bigger screen with bigger pay-per-views and stuff and i feel and that's the vibe i tend to get from people that i meet when i tell them i'm into wrestling and they ask like why are you into wrestling like it's, you know it's fake right why don't you watch something else like ufc i'm like yeah well ufc doesn't have like I don't get to watch Brian Danielson or Daniel Bryan scream about veganism to go to Kingston. Like, you know what, what I mean? were you like, going to say, right? Oh, I was, um, I was going to bring it back to, to the squid game thing that he said. I think, well, I think squid game is interesting because it got big off of TikTok and media sites like that. It got, it kind of got big off of like, it, it got big off the internet and it got big off of memes. It got big off of like, merchandise which is kind of weird because it's kind of against the point of the show uh it's kind of funny actually but i i don't know i don't really know how to expand on that point well i think i can because if you notice that is something that both companies point to when when 
their YouTube videos do well. If CM Punk's comes out, Cult of Personality plays, they put that on their YouTube channel. They immediately start telling you how many people, and when it's a million, they hit it over and over and over. We hit a million views, a million views, a million views. Yesterday, they talked about, uh, WWE talked about how they listed four or five things and how their YouTube channel got a billion views between the time, I'm assuming what they were saying, is between the time WrestleMania ended and the time SmackDown started. That kind of thing. Uh, that may have been across all social media platforms, which makes more sense, actually. TikTok, WWE tries to utilize all these other things, like you said, Squid, squid Games effectively utilize Squid Games more more people to watch it, right? Yeah, I think that wrestling does a neat job of when wrestling is at its best, it blurs the line of fantasy and reality, which can probably be more confusing to the casual viewer. Absolutely, it's a very abrasive media. <laughs> yeah, and a lot of things that get popular nowadays in terms of what people are watching 100% comes back down to social media at this point in time and how things can get viral and how many things can get picked up and make people watch things. You, like, it isn't like because everyone spends their time on social media, people aren't watching TV to watch trailers and stuff. They're on social media to see how their friends are. And while they're at they see this one clip going around left and right, left and right, and that's what picks up paper popularity. People want to tune in and see what's going on. Well, it makes now, sense that AEW and WWE and any other wrestling company would try and market off that. Well, now, for example, if you have YouTube TV and you want to watch a sporting event, you can click onto it. And if you're clicking onto it later in the ball game, it'll ask you whether you want to watch the whole thing over. Do you want to watch it from now to the end, or do you want to watch ten highlights to catch you up to what's going on here? Which so then that is how we. That is literally the decision we make on all forms of entertainment we take in. Do I want to spend time and invest it? it? Life is cliff notes. Do I want to read the book or do I want the cliff notes? You know what I mean? Do I just want to know the gist of what happened or do I want to get the nuances of everything? Yeah, and wrest- want- wrestling asks you to invest in the nuances. I agree. That's a, that's a great point. Yeah, uh, there's a lot of, like, media nowadays. The way we consume it is very, like, it's all very demanding of our time. So a lot of the time it's easy just to kind of, like, flip through stuff or watch the cliff notes. Even on stuff, like, important stuff, it's just like, yeah, can I get, like, the, you know, like, three bullet points Yeah, can I get, like, the TLDR? On? Yeah, can I get the, t- <laughs> literally TLDR. But, like, wrestling is often great when you pick up on the nuances, when you watch every week and you're rewarded Right. By seeing a character like Wheeler Yuta grow and change over time. Like, that's really rewarding, but it is more of like a long-term experience. But what will get views is any clip of him bleeding. Yes. Right? So, yeah, so yeah. the story is not... And the story he told in that match was amazing. And Mox allowing him to have that much in that match. And the generosity in which Mox and you and me and Ray and Nick, we can all appreciate that. That won't be what gets views. Stone Cold is probably the best example of the biggest draw in the history of pro wrestling not named Hulk Hogan. There was no nuance to that character. He came out there and he kicked your ass. He hated his boss. There were nuances in the matches and stuff. Nobody remembers that. Everybody remembers how how on earth did he manage to catch five beers at one time. You know, now, that kind fair, of thing. That, that's quite impressive. It is. It is very impressive. <laughs> I, I totally agree, right? Or his uh, the the way people take the stunners and, and flip out of the ring and all these other things that aren't 
the like stories that were told, he the way he battles back, and the way Vince holds him down, and the the all those things, you I know. Mean, I mean, that's like the further thing with all types of of media is like there is like you have to draw a line between if you're looking to make something both popular and good, you have to kind of put a little bit of spectacle. Like you have to to manage the amount of spectacle versus the amount of like substance. And I'm not saying that those two things are necessarily mutually exclusive. Mutually exclusive. But there is an element of, like, well, you could make a story, but if it's, like, super boring, then only, like, pretentious film nerds are going to like it. I'm, I'm well, that's a- another thing also. Like, you think, like, you're – I was thinking about it a little earlier, which is, like, Breaking Bad is this, like, very nuanced story to it about all these things. But what's this clip that everyone remembers is the, is the I am the danger speech and then Gus blowing up. You see those clips running around Twitter all the time. On TikTok yeah, all the time. The memes are popular. The memes are also very popular. <laughs> that's the thing. That's that's what kind of gets like I think the one of the biggest things that AEW has had in terms well, of just like exposure has been like the the MJF mid clip, right? <laughs> the reason why I don't really watch television often, I haven't really watched, and the reason why I haven't watched Breaking Bad is because it seems like a lot of a commitment. And that's, yeah, it, and that's it's kind a of, TV show. It's okay. like a five, six season TV show. And that's show. kind of why. Okay, when I like dropped, when I I dropped wrestling for like a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I still have. Um, it You'll watch feels, big events or big yeah, matches, but no, no. But it also like it feels weird to just show up on a Monday Night Raw because so much, because like either so much because it like I don't know. It feels like. If you are not like completely with the pace and you do not watch it every week and you are not completely interested, if you like miss one episode, you're done. That's, you are not. I'm honest. Back I've on. been feeling that because I missed this week's episodes and before last night, I had missed the previous week's episodes and I felt like I was sitting there and I was just kind of I, I I hit the highlights of it right. Mm-hmm. I didn't watch every segment, which to be fair, I probably would have muted the Jericho segments anyways. Right, but <laughs> I skipped them completely. I, I wanted to get caught up and get the cliff notes rather than watch it bit like second by second. I get that. I get that in a, when I have conversations with people about just about everything, cause I'm a, I'm a guy that uh, I have a friend that tells me I love hard, right? If I like something, I like it. And people will say, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm glad we won the gold medal in the basketball game. And I'll be like, yeah, man, like when Popovich decided to switch the defense from going under picks to over picks and, and then he went straight man to man instead of switching everything, and you had to follow your man is when the game switched. And somewhere three sentences in, I've lost them. They don't give two shits about all that. We won, right? We won. We got the gold medals coming back to the States, you know. And the the nuances of of anything, people – and I'm not knocking it because you choose what you want to invest in. Everybody invests in something. That's true. It's just not everybody's willing to invest in what you particularly like. And I think that what we're missing sometimes when we think wrestling is not mainstream is how many people will watch clips of things and consider it okay, even though maybe that's not the guy who you meet out everywhere, right? Mm-hmm. When you when they say, you know, all these many people watched Cody rise up out of the ground at Mania or all these many people watched. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> All these many people. Well, that was the interesting thing is when you what that's what one of the things that got me was when you mentioned how does this medium even exist yeah, is, when he rises yeah, up yeah. because you did dude, mix Cody fantasy and reality so in that moment. Real. Right. Like dude, Stone Cold cold wrestled that night and that was the most surreal thing that happened. Right. Like bro, it's Right, but going to your point. Okay, well, 
let's dive into the fact that Vince tries to utilize everything and pull the world into his world to become the gateway drug of the wrestling media, right? To the whole world. Because when you meet people and you say, yeah, I like pro wrestling or I have a pro wrestling podcast, they go, huh? Uh, WWE? You know, it's fake, right? Those are the two sentences that come out of the mouth. Vince goes and he grabs people from other areas. Now, Right now what he does is he gets people who are influencers, not just Jericho the influencer, but Logan Paul. Influencer TM. You got Bad Bunny. <laughs> he even, he had Bad Bunny who, who had all these, you know, one of the most downloaded people in the world, musicians in the world last year. He that has, right, he took uh, Jackass and he basically shot a Jackass movie in live action format during his, during his show, during his mania. He took a guy, they randomly, if you watch the pre-show, there was a guy who was just, and I wish I would have written down his name, who he was basically just an influencer of some kind who has thousands, millions of followers or whatever. And that dude just did a four minute segment. They flew him to Dallas, put him up, gave him tickets, let him walk around the building probably paid him for a quick advertisement so that his four or five million followers would see what he was doing on his different formats. That is how he tries to address it. Tony, on the other hand, does Tony goes the opposite direction so much. He had one guy that was, and first of all, I want to say I'm not knocking the way he does it because I think these are two completely different avenues. And I think, and I, I approve of both concepts, it, whether it be wrestling or not. Tony had one guy that was doing a reality show and a game show. He just let him walk. Right? Mm -hmm. And he is trying to build his thing organically because, as Daniel Bryan once said, said, as he transferred in, if people see good pro wrestling, they will like it. The way he addressed bad ratings on Rampage, well, not bad ratings, but ratings that were below what the other shows were getting. Mm -hmm. With Rampage was he took his best two two of his best wrestlers Daniel Daniel Bryan Danielson, John Moxley he had them bookend the Rampage show to try to get the the viewers up. The way he addresses things is by giving you better wrestling. When people said they criticize all the blood, he has Yuta, who which you said fantastic story he tells he does cut himself. And, and bleed buckets throughout the match. I do think that he believes what you're watching in your video game, and we talked about this earlier, is a more legitimate, more adultish content. And the fact that the WWE doesn't allow for blood, doesn't allow for certain things, hurts their product and its ability to cross over to an older audience. If you, I, I don't know if you heard this. Bully Ray said that Cody Rhodes needs to dummy down his promos in WWE. Because he's using too big of words for their audience. <laughs> you know, it, bully, bully the thought just, just occurred to me, and I and I I know it's been brought up, and especially because like this term is going around. WWE really is PG thirteen at best to AEW's rated R, isn't it? Well, it's different though because WWE. I mean, AEW besides uh, Taya and. Uh, and Sammy Guevara, they 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 don't really do relationships much. I mean, you know, and they shouldn't. They shouldn't do. They shouldn't. <laughs> they should do less than they they're doing. Do less. The numbers should be. 
A big fat zero. <laughs> Dude, that's kind of the, that's what when people complain about WWE, that's what they're talking. They're talking about it being too mainstream, and it being like well, that's that's also the wider again the wider thing between appealing to your hardcore audience and appealing to like a wider audience. It, it's right. They're they're concepts that are at odds. Uh, well, think about it. Time. What you what you have is you have Tony who plays to his base. If you're using political terms, Tony plays to his base. Absolutely. And he hopes that his base likes what they're doing so much that they tell guys that like to play games and like to watch Netflix and like that they'll come in and they'll watch one episode and then they'll watch another episode and next thing you know they'll get hooked. Is he'll grow his audience in that manner and he's he's I'm in it for the long game. Vince, on the other hand, assumes that his base stays. And so he plays to everyone that's not his base and trying to pull in more people to his tent. And it's a fa- it's a fascinating contrast in ideals as they both try to grow their product. You know, and I, I, I like I, 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 I like that they both do it. I mean, when when Vince misses, boy, he misses. Though. Oh, man. Uh, Lana. L- Lashley and Lana. Lashley and Lana. Probably the we biggest thinking- miss lately. Yeah, terrible. <laughs> okay, that the, was the, a hit. The, the glutes were a hit. The glutes went, when I, I can't believe they let Leo Rush forget, Remember know. the Mandy Rose like Uso brother thing? Did I, I imagine that? I don't remember that. I remember the Otis thing. Oh yeah, the Otis. No, yeah, was, that was a good version of it. But then you were like, Mandy was trying to tear apart the Uso brothers for some reason. Mandy's had a, ru- a, a weird road as she was at one point. Dolph Ziggler. Was trying to steal her away from Otis, and her roommate in real life, Sonia, was in on the deal. And now she then then fast forward a year, and Dolph and her are standing there with the belts a week ago, taking pictures <laughs> together. Right? It's so funny, so funny how that works. Everything I have this opinion that everything is niche. You are listening to Go Home Heat, a wrestling podcast. Check out our friends at the Gin Project, the GINN. Project.com. Check out our friends at the Daily Smart, your one-stop shop for all things pro wrestling. And now, back to Go Home Heat. What is going on right now is everything is far more profitable because you can sell your stuff to different platforms. Right? At some point, Tony is going to make a deal with HBO Max or something like that. and I'm hoping. And we're going to get a streaming service there. He just made a deal with New Japan. If your audience is growing slowly in the States, creating a completely different market somewhere else is a brilliant idea. That's true. And it's revenue. And revenue allows you to grow. Vince is probably at some point going to wind up on Disney+. And his product, you can see his product beginning to uh, dial back certain aspects of the adult-ism, which I think was where Russo was going when he was complaining about the euphoria comparison in that. And I think that's also somewhat where Bully Ray was going is that, and I think neither one of them did a great job of saying it, but it's like, if you're trying to be something that can be on Disney, you know, you you have to. And again, wrestling as a variety show, you, you can do so many stories, but as soon as you like limit yourself like that, you really have to think like, well, Mandy Rose probably just has to go on like a real PG for (laughs) Well, that's the thing is, right, you can see, I honestly think what he's doing with NXT, I think he's, I think Vince is trying things out on NXT because it's a less viewed show and seeing what he's allowed to get away with. 
And you'll see the aspects that are successful along with the aspects that the uh, companies sign off on flow over into Raw. I think he's utilizing it in that manner. And I think you've seen a little bit of the first couple of weeks of the racier version of NXT. You see that start to get dialed back just a little bit. Now they still dress a certain way, but they're in champagne rooms and they're that kind of thing. It's a little bit different now. So should wrestling be trying to be mainstream? I'd say no. I'd say uh, having a niche audience is, is not a bad thing to have. Obviously, every wrestling company is going to try to grow their audience just because that's what companies do. They grow. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'd say probably it doesn't really need to be. As a fan. I don't think anything needs to be anymore. As though. a fan, I thought you said something fairly, elo- fairly eloquent last week or two weeks ago in the living room where you were talking about you don't want it. Yeah, yeah. Or it's it's just like as soon as it is, it's it it warps and becomes different just because it, it has to in a lot of ways. Right. Either that or it's it's just this one cultural moment and then it's gone. You know what I mean? Either I, I don't know. It's 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 a tough line. Well, what I, what I what I would say is you remember my favorite wrestling product probably maybe ever is the black and gold NXT version even a little bit before it got on TV. Oh yeah. The years okay. That that didn't have that wasn't trying to be mainstream. No. Yeah. It had a Dude, niche just... audience. It played to its base. It was a wonderful show. It yeah. was a heavy metal show. It was like it was booked for my soul and for people who believed like I did. And when I was lucky enough to go into a room with 20,000 other people like that, even when I went to WrestleMania and there's 80,000 people, not all those people are my people. They're in my tribe, but not really. Every every person at the NXT TakeOver is absolutely 100% pure-blooded a fan. Right, right. Go ahead. we get to this new NXT, right? It goes against absolutely everything that it once stood for. Right, but it's the new (laughs) NXT is a mixture of we're training people to be on Raw and SmackDown. Mm -hmm. We are taking athletes or indie wrestlers and turning them into actors. Along with teaching people who, like, you have a world champ in Braun Baker. He was only six six months into his career. And he's really, really good. He's six months into his career. Yes. Uh, and everything that entails. What we had at NXT was Hunter scouring the globe and finding the greatest wrestlers on the planet and saying, Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn had these amazing feuds in ROH. Come do this on my stage. Well, I... Now mix in Shinsuke with it. Right? Completely different than he wasn't teaching those guys how to do well, things. No, 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 no. He I was, don't think that I don't think that's particularly. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I mean, I think there was a bunch of new talent that came out of NXT. And I, I think Absolutely. Tonight, like Alexa Bliss, it was one of the biggest female wrestlers of the last at least ten years. Four horsewomen. Yeah, the four horsewomen. The, the entirety of the four horsewomen, I mean uh, That's true. That's true. Well, what, what happened I think was, that was that was the nice variety of it, was that it was Guys, Enzo Amore? <laughs> Enzo and Cass, hey, <laughs> Laugh if you will. Who was more over than Enzo and Cass? In their they, okay, they were a thing for a little bit. You can't teach that. They worked. They worked in NXT, but um, yeah. right. But, but to, your point, re, the to your point, you filled a room. McIntyre, like I can't. Right, that's true. You filled a room full of wrestling savants, and then you put people learning yeah, how to wrestle so with them, have, and like, it turns into this neat thing, right? Yeah, there. It's this weird thing. This 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 
really complex entanglement of uh, students and teachers that I think is extremely captivating. Right. And I just, I don't find anything like that in this NXT 2.0. I think it is right. a... <laughs> but it started to crumble a lot uh, uh, Yeah, it, it, when, when it went to television yeah, and tried to compete with a different product. Yeah, that's when it got bad. That's, that, that, that's okay. That's when, it, in my opinion, it started to get a little bad. But uh, mainly but, because, like, it's like, oh, we're going to have Adam Cole on every time, and he's going to wrestle the same match. Because Adam Cole uh, killed NXT. I get it. Now let's move on. I exactly agree. I, no, actually, I literally. I'm totally kidding. He but, was on Tony's payroll even then. <sighs> Britt Baker. Britt Baker. The real the, mastermind. The yes. Right. But in all seriousness, yeah. what we're talking about is I had a thing that I loved, and in, in an effort to, to grow that audience, it became something different. Which is what you're talking about. And that's where Tony is trying to, you know, whenever you say, hey, Tony, look, this is what's wrong. If Tony thinks it's what's right, he leans into it. He has some of the great talkers right now. And if you notice some of the segments that do the best, they they talk about the 15 minutes and the demos and all that, why Jericho was the demo god. We were having these great matches. Jericho became the demo god because the talking segments he had were the ones that actually did best. And People are people like to listen to people that can talk really well talk. You know what I mean? It, it just is a fact. NJF segments do great. Britt Baker's talking segments do great. Jericho, Punk, Danielson. Um, yeah, like, but also if you ever notice, it is a thing that wrestling has always been a little bit guilty of. Ric Flair talking to you in talking you into a building in his prime. Dusty Rhodes talking you into a building in his prime was a little bit more interesting than the wrestling match. And I'm a fan of them. But you can't tell me Dusty and Rick weren't better talkers than they were wrestlers. I mean, if you also want to throw it to today, like you can say a lot about what's great about Becky now. What When Becky was on the rise, it was her mouth that got her there over her wrestling ability and she was great at wrestling i'm wrong but you know what i mean right becky lynch is a better wrestler right now than she's ever been in her life but when she learned to talk as the man is when she went to the top when stone cold grabbed the mic was when he went to the top if you watch the when two million people watch smackdown and raw you know what they have in common they have less wrestling on them. Seth Rollins was just talking about that. He said, Raw is a god-awfully long show. He said, I have to wrestle 25 times in a month. Roman wrestles once a month. It's on a pay-per-view. Two million people watching him. Because he talks, and it, he draws people in by doing it. And the segments that people complain about in our IWC, which is nothing you have to remember, the IWC is not actually the audience. It just is what we will listen to. It's a chunk to. of the audience. It's the That's audience that talks. Very vocal yes. section. Yes. The yes. bulk of the audience turn it off and go to bed and don't. They're like, oh, that, that dastardly Roman click. Right. <laughs> right. 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 But they complain about it. And then you see, oh, what? Wow. Too many people watch that. And hung in the whole show to watch it. Three hours to watch. Three hours. To watch this man point to the roof and say, acknowledge me as the show ends. And then you see 20,000 people. Completely happy that they're standing there listening to a man talk with his, and they all have their fingers, heel with their fingers in the air, acknowledging him. It is the strangest thing that the matches are secondary to a lot of people. And it's not, I mean, I love watching wrestling matches, right? I, I, 
Because I, I feel like the best wrestling matches tell the story that the promos brought you to. Right? Strong agree. But I also feel like nothing is mainstream anymore. I, I think the audiences are shrinking, and I think that because you're able to charge more, if you're lucky enough to be the voice where you have commercials or baseball or football or basketball where you show commercials and people buy advertising time, one thing that wrestling has been able to do to make money is a Cracker Barrel match. Yes, God, right? I love the Cracker Barrel death match. What the about Cracker Barrel death match was really good? Yeah, they, right, and they probably made a good penny off of that. I hope so. I'm sure the WWE made a ton of money off the Army of the Dead freaking match <laughs> with zombies walking around. <laughs> right, complain all you want. That, but I'm happy that someone brought it up. <laughs> right, right, and you see, but you see, like Stephanie McMahon was telling these companies. If you want to come in, we can put you into our programs. We can put a Pepsi machine behind our guy doing a promo. We can have our guy eating a candy bar backstage as we walk up to him. And then you see, okay, basketball. You watch this guy. It's free throw line. Suddenly they bought a little spot on his jersey, you know, because you're figuring out ways to put these advertisements into the product. So they can be financially viable without being main Yes. Stream. How many how many people do you know watch The Voice? I literally zero. And millions of people watch it. It's true. Four of us are here. Everyone None of us know The Masked Singer, and I haven't seen an episode. I've never heard of a human watching The Masked Singer. I, I agree. And it's they're supposed all, to be the best show on two continents with people watching. All it. the people talking about it on Twitter, they're all bots. <laughs> are, we going, are we going to talk about it? I'm afraid to. I'm afraid Tony will get mad. I haven't watched any awards show ever. <laughs> Yeah, it's like who are these? Uh, okay, who was watching the Oscars? Like, Quickly, who was actually watching the Oscars. Will Smith was. Quickly, Will Smith, Will Smith was in attendance. <laughs> Quickly, before we close, I do want to say the worst bookers in history are the people at the Oscars. I agree. Will Smith slaps that dude upside the head. Uh huh. I agree. What's proper booking for a ball off match? Are you kidding me? So we're not going to let Will back for ten years. Ten years. I would have I would have an Oscars in six months, and I would have Rock host it, and Will would be on the front row. Come on, who else is watching it, bro? Bro, come on, he's gonna jump the he's gonna jump the barricade and interfere in Chris Rock's match, bro. Come on, yes, come on, bro. Yes, this is ten year long long term booking. Long term booking. He's ten years suspended. I mean, dude, if I was a friend of theirs, if I was a friend of both those people, I would have a party tomorrow. Man, that's all. Y'all come over. Yes. <laughs> Man, well, no, Will Smith. No, no, he's signing with the the Japanese Oscars. Yes, <laughs> he's signing over there. He's gonna do a run, and he'll he'll come back. I don't think there's yes. Japanese Oscars. Is there a Japanese Oscar? That's a good, good question. I don't know enough about the. Uh... There, there's a British version. There's like the Baftas. Yeah, oh, that's true. That's, that would have been the better joke. Yeah, don't worry, I got you though. Thank you. The ten stars in the uh, whatever they do in Britain. So I think I, I think though, in conclusion of this. I think that Vince worrying about the fact that 8 million people don't watch it anymore is silly and self-serving. Vince didn't put 8 million people there. Really just need a snack. As much as he may have done, right? You can make – wrestling will exist with 400,000 people watching Rampage and Dynamite or a million people watching Rampage and Dynamite because of how well it does in a certain demo, which it, it's going to continue to do. And the advertisements can charge money. The TV stations will be happy. And Tony can continue to grow his product in the manner he does. If Vince manages to get that thing over to Disney, Lord have mercy. Lord have mercy. Imagine the crossover. Have you ever seen the big guy in Moana? 
Yeah. <laughs> huh? Yeah. I wonder who the voice actor is there, because that guy would be good on wrestling. I strongly agree. Dude. The You're jo- welcome. The JoJo Seawalk <laughs> crossover. <laughs> That's the, isn't that Nickelodeon? Nick, you have any? Wait a minute. Hold guys. I think we forgot. They have that one thing on Disney Plus, which is like, like uh, Welcome to Earth, which is hosted by Will Smith. Ah. Okay, so we can actually get Will Smith and Chris Rock in a wrestling ring, is what you're saying. Another interesting thing, though, is you do have... We need... This is what Moon Knight should be. (laughs) (laughs) What? (laughs) I am very confused about the reference. Like, okay. But you do have... You do have... Moon Knight. To to argue that wrestling isn't mainstream and see Cena have success outside of wrestling fairly easily. Every commercial is his voice. Sasha is starting to grow... An audience outside of it. She's starting to get two or three different roles. Becky pretty much said, I'm on my way to Hollywood soon. And as we know, Nick, because we saw the Marine Six. We did. She is an amazing actress. Remember when she and Shawn Michaels fought? Remember when she I remember when she died and it was the weirdest thing <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. Tremendous. Was, she drowned and it was like you could you can easily get out of that. And on that note, Sean Michaels was able to run. Sorry, <laughs> Sean Michaels. You, you ever watch Sean Michaels run down run down a ramp? He runs down Here's a ramp to five and manages to jump like Michael Jordan. <laughs> if you don't think CGI works, <laughs> okay. Anyway, this has been a Go Home Heat production, copyright twenty twenty two. But check out our friends at the Daily Smart. Your one-stop shop for all things pro wrestling. Check out our friends at the Gim Project. The G-I-N-N Project.com. Nick. Oh, I spilled my water. I'm sorry. Go home. Go home.